Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nick Wagner never gets cold feet, man. He's at the 49ers practice right now. We bring in our man, uh, 49ers insider for ESPN, Nick Wagner. Nick, you're tweeting an awful lot about Debo Samuel. What's going on out there? Debo playing this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) No, Debo Debo is not playing this weekend. But I will say that it seems like things are trending in a a positive direction. It kind of caught my ear yesterday because Kyle Shanahan – uh, was talking about Debo Samuel and this whole idea of, you know, the Niners pushing for the two seed or are they, you know, trying to get players healthy and kind of balance those two things. And Kyle Shanahan said if they were desperate yesterday that, uh, you know, maybe this would have been a potential week for Debo to return and probably mm-hmm. unlikely, but just the fact that he's already doing that. And then I went out to practice today and saw him doing a little bit of light work on the side. Nothing, nothing special, not, not even really running full speed, but just doing some stuff. Seems like he's trending in a positive direction. So that kind of, three-ish week timeline that they gave us seems like it's going to be fairly realistic. And, you know, judging by, you know, the way he went off the field um, and just the tackle itself. I mean, when I saw it real time when he got tackled, I said, oh, my gosh, he broke his leg. That was a vicious mm-hmm. uh, roll-up in that situation. But judging, you know, taking all that into account, the fact that, you know, Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan could even say something like that, like if it was an emergency, you know, maybe we'd do it that that's amazing in itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with this team where, you know, the guy won't even be listed as an injury guy after the game, and then they come in on Monday and they're out for eight weeks. Like, that's happened <laughs> That's happened so many times. And so to get actual good injury news that wasn't as bad as first feared is, is pretty unusual in this league in general, but it's been very unusual for this team. And um, the idea that they can they have, you know, a little bit of a kind of landing pad here to – to get him back where they are locked into the three seed. And yes, they want to get to the two, but these are winnable games even without him. Um, so you can kind of take your time, get him back and make sure that he's ready to roll for the playoffs, which you already know you're going to be a part of is a huge thing for them. I mean, guys, last year they were hanging by the thinnest of threads going into halftime of week 18. And it wasn't until overtime that they, they, they wrapped up a playoff spot. So having, like I said, having that runway to kind of, bring this plane in and try to get guys healthy and be ready uh, for everything that comes with the postseason is is a huge leg up for them and, and I think critically important for this team. 
Nick, I've struggled with this question as a, a, a conversational talking point for the last few weeks, and part of it is because, you know, the fact that they're playing with a third-string quarterback, but <laughs> it still lingers in my head. So I'll ask you, are the 49ers the best team in the NFC? I can't go there. Um, I, I think it's close, uh, but I, I – you know what's funny, guys? I, I look at Philly, and I see so many similarities to the 2019 49ers. And obviously they're very different at the quarterback position with a healthy Jalen Hurts. Um, and that's the X factor here, right? What is Jalen Hurts' situation? But the way that they're built in terms of they're, they're trying to maul you, run the ball all day long. They want to get after you with the pass rush, play tough defense. Even, even something guys like the amount of credit that they got, like it took people a long time to believe in Philadelphia. And I think still, even as we sit here today, there are people who are like, Oh, they're not that good. They haven't played anybody. Yeah. It's like they're blowing people out every week, which is what the 2019 Niners were doing. You know, like it took a long time for people to get on board with that. And so um, I just think that that is going to be a really tough test. And it does feel to me though, like these, those two teams are on a bit of a collision course, the, the 49ers and the Eagles. And um, that's a, that's a huge league. Like, tough test a tough place to play especially in january if they have to go out to philadelphia but i still would lean in philly's direction but i think the 49ers are right there i just would probably give philly a little bit of an edge based on their quarterback play and a little bit better offensive line as well nick um speaking of the 2019 49ers at one point in time i shouldn't say that i still feel this way but at one point in time that was one of the great 49er defenses we we'd ever seen i mean that that was Mm -hmm. an unbelievable defense and this year's version may be better. I was doing some research uh, earlier in the week. They average, the opponents average 15 points a game uh, on the 49ers mm-hmm. right now. I think if I got this correct, in the last 10 years, I think since the 2013 Seahawks, that would be the third best. Only the Patriots mm-hmm. are like 14.8, and that Seahawks team is like 14.9 or something like that. But if they finish the season averaging, giving up 15 points a game, that would be some, some some type of defense that we hadn't seen in a decade. What is it with this team that they, you know, they're getting Kinlaw back and, you know, they got Armstead back, and it seems like they're getting stronger as the weeks go along. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that have kind of made this defense uh, as good or at least in that conversation with the 2019 group. I, I would say they're probably not quite as good up front, the front four, uh, just you take out DeForest Buckner, um, you don't have D Ford, and I know he wasn't healthy for a lot of that, that season, but he was just a, a terror when he was uh, paired with Bosa, but what you have now, first of all, I think you have fully formed Nick Bosa, who's, to mm-hmm. me, one of the, you know, probably the best defensive player in the league, and maybe one of the top five, you know, non-quarterbacks in the league, if, if not higher, uh, but the thing that stands out to me is, their linebacker play. Uh, they have the best linebacker group in the league, and I'm not really sure it's particularly close. And that's not a knock on you know 2019 Greg Dre Greenlaw. It's a compliment to 2022 Dre Greenlaw. Like yeah. the guy is playing at an elite level, and you could make the argument that Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are the two best off-ball linebackers in the league this year. Like that's a that's a legitimate case that could be made, and um, that doesn't even account for Aziz Alshire, who's a solid player in his own right. So I think that has kind of elevated them to another level where you take basically take away the middle of the field as a no-fly zone, essentially, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't even try to throw there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I think makes a huge difference is getting that number one level corner in Traverius Ward. Uh, Richard Sherman was the only time, and it was in 2019, it was the only time under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch that they had that guy. And there's a trickle-down effect that comes with that where you can do so many other things and you can roll coverages. But Ward brings an element that even Richard Sherman didn't, 
and that's his willingness and ability to travel with receivers. You know, he's he's going man up with DK Metcalf and following him across the formation and things like that, and he can play press man and. All of those things, I think, matter. Um, but when it comes to pass coverage, that has been a real solidifying thing. And the other thing about Trevor Harris more that he probably doesn't get enough credit for, he's an excellent run defender. You know, mm. all of those guys on that team, when you talk about being in the picture, D'Amico Ryan says that all the time. Like, when the ball carrier is brought down, how many 49ers are in the frame when I hit pause? And it is consistently five, six, seven guys. Uh, and I think that is a big part of what they do. And it all starts with those linebackers, and I think it trickles down to everybody else. The 49ers have clinched the NFC West. They're almost certainly no worse than the third seed. They can move up, but this is still a sneaky, massive game for the Washington mm-hmm. Commander football team. And yeah. as great as this defense has been, Nick, and it has been incredible, this looks like an entirely different offense with Christian McCaffrey over the last uh, four, five, six, seven weeks or so. Why is this 49ers team, and maybe it's Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey, why has it turned out to be the perfect marriage? Yeah, I wrote a big piece about that today. So if you're giving me a, if you're teeing me up with a cheap plug, I appreciate it, Dan. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the numbers are striking, and I use starting from week. Uh, seven weeks ago, which was when he became the starter through that Kansas City game, out just because he was, you know, kind of limited in that game. But they're seven and zero with Christian McCaffrey as their starting running back. They're averaging about a touchdown, roughly. It's almost eight points actually more per game since he entered the starting lineup. And then if you look at all the other metrics, it's you know EPA. If you want to go like advanced analytics, EPA stuff, they're way better. Efficiency, offensive efficiency, they're way better. But even just other things like they've cut down on turnovers. There's all of these different things that he's brought to the table. And I think it's two things. First of all, the production, which we can all see, right? Like the, you see the, the running stats, you see the, the pass catching, like the, the ability to line him up all over the place, the versatility. But the other thing is, is like I compare it to Steph Curry. It's like we talk about the gravity of Steph Curry, right? Like the attention that he draws and what it frees up for other people. And Christian McCaffrey brings that too. And I'll just give you guys an example in Seattle last week, the 49ers, they, they run a play. It was George Kittle's second touchdown, so the 54-yard touchdown to Kittle. Mm-hmm. That play was designed to go to Christian McCaffrey in the left flat. Kyle Juszczyk, the lead blocker out there. And George Kittle was the fourth read on that play, so not mm-hmm. even top three. But as soon as that ball is snapped, Brock Purdy looks to his left to McCaffrey, and there are three Seahawks running towards, running towards McCaffrey immediately. And if you watch the tape and you slow it down, Jordan Brooks, the middle linebacker, at one point you can see he has that moment where it's like the the narrator chimes in and says, like, it was at this moment he knew he was screwed, right? (laughs) And he looks and he he sees the ball just flying over his head and there's no one back there for George Kittle, and he takes it in for a touchdown. And so that gravity is really important. But on top of that, guys, it's gravity that's opening things up for other really good players. It's not just an average Joe. So in that case, let's just use an example. If it's Joe Schmo tied in, that may be a 30-yard catch. He makes the catch, and it's a nice game, whatever. Mm-hmm. But with George Kittle, it's two missed tackles, a couple of business decisions, and a touchdown. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's the difference that I think with Christian McCaffrey, there's a trickle-down effect, and he takes that offense to a level where now they can play that complementary football that they always talk about where the defense gets a stop, the offense goes and gets a score, the special teams pins you back, and all of a sudden the ball is rolling downhill, you're down 17 nothing, and you don't even know where you are in the first quarter is barely even underway. Like, that's – that's kind of who they want to be, and I think Christian McCaffrey is the focal point of all of it. Hey, Nick, you know, you know, I couldn't let you get out of here without talking about 
My guy. Oh, Lord. My guy. Number 13. Boy, number 13 going crazy right now. And look, look, Nick. I looked at that Seattle game. And I said, all right, Brock Brady, this is where you come back down to earth a little bit. I know Seattle's defense isn't very good, but you're going into, you know, whatever they're calling it, Lumen Field or whatever now, and, you know, they're going to be ready to go. The 12s and all the speakers are going to be at full blast with all the noise they pump in, and he's going to struggle. No, no, no. He went to work. I think he completed his first 11 passes. And Mm -hmm. I talked about it last Friday, but the play that you just mentioned, yes, you mentioned, that was his fourth read. And – on that play, you know, he had a little sidestep that I loved, a little uh-uh, oh. to the left to, to get him an angle to get to George Kittle. I mean, it was What'd that seamless. step sound like again? It was a little uh-uh, to the left, you know what I mean, just to get just to get the, get the right angle. And, I mean, I'm seeing things from this guy that everything looks seamless from him. I'm still waiting for yeah. the other shoe to drop, but it doesn't look forced. He looks natural out there. He looks comfortable. I know he's got a lot of great players to play along with him, but he's looking the part right now, Nick. Yeah, there's no question. And I like the way you put it, like looking the part right now, because everyone wants to jump to this to the conversation of well, what's going to happen in 2023. And it's like three weeks ago, guys, we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and what's going to happen with him in 2023. And then he got hurt. And I'm, and that's not a, like a victory lap. Like I feel bad for the guy. It's unfortunate, but there's so much left that has to happen before you can make those determinations. But in Brock Purdy's case right now, I think of it as like every week he's taking a test. And now he's studying for a test that he knows he gets to take because he had to do that before, but he wasn't getting to take the test every week. Mm-hmm. Now he is, and can he pass that test? And the way I look at it, he's not just passing. He's not just getting by. He, and they'd be fine with that. If he was playing C football and just not turning the ball over and, and managing the game, they would be fine with that. But the thing that has surprised me, that I think has surprised the 49ers, is that he's doing more than that. He's making plays outside of structure. He's keeping his eyes downfield after he makes the first rush or miss and making a play. And those are the things that I don't think a lot of people expected and a lot of rookies aren't capable of pulling off. And to your point, yes, there's going to be some bumps along the way. But one thing that really stood out to me, guys, was his first two games, the Bucks and the Dolphins, blitz the crap out of him to use the technical term right like they came after him like 33 to 36 percent i think uh, of his dropbacks they were blitzing the seahawks blitzed him seven percent of the time and i wanted to see like how is he going to do when a team decides to just rush their front four and play coverage and to the Niners' offensive line credit they kept him protected but brock purdy was getting through his progression he got to that fourth read on that kiddo touchdown and got on the ball and, and it goes for a big play like those are the things that He's going to see something a little bit different every week, and how is he going to handle those things? And, to, and beyond just that, like you said, prime time, division on the line, he's banged up, it's a short week, he's got the toughest environment in football, and he goes out and he checks all those boxes and he, he passes the test with flying colors. And as long as he keeps doing that, I don't think there's any reason that this team can't go where they want to go. And the big question will be, can he do it on the biggest stage which you get to the playoffs? But remember, guys, Jimmy Garoppolo has not played well in the playoffs. This team, this version of the 49ers, has not been in playoffs with good quarterback play. Mm. And if they get that from Brock Purdy, it's a whole different animal, and I think a lot of teams are going to be really sorry that they had to play him. Can't wait to see what team Trey Lance plays for next year. The Niners. Well, maybe it's the team D'Amico Ryans is going to be coaching. This this isn't any given Sunday. Settle down. All right. Well, it very very well could be. Nick, thanks for stepping away from practice for us, man. We really appreciate you. Thank you. You And have a great Christmas. Talk to you soon. Happy holidays, Nick. Talk to you soon. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.